What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, folks, we have plenty to talk about today. James Conner finally gets his money bag. He gets a big deal from the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about Jeff Capel and transitioning this offseason officially back Gave the first reactions on Friday. We'll go a little bit more in depth today. We will talk about Jeff Capel, how he attacks this offseason, and what Pitt must do to maybe make this fifth year successful for Jeff Capel and his staff. It's all coming up here on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day folks if you are watching this on youtube make sure to like comment subscribe turn on the notification bell do that if you are watching if you are listening to this rather make sure to leave a review do all that great stuff get feedback cannot make this show as good as it possibly can be without all of your feedback folks and today a lot to talk about but first let me let you know today's episode of the locked on pit podcast is brought to you by run your pool because march madness is here and run your pool is a better way to create your bracket runyourpool.com the premier sports pool hosting service and folks today it, there's a, a lot of things to talk about but I, I think kicking it off here with some pit men's basketball talk is apt because this is a a team that's now going to be in transition mode. They're going to be switching things over to off-season mode. And we've already seen some of it kind of precipitate. And, and things have changed. And the transfer portal stuff is already coming out here. Uh, that's already been very significant, in fact. It has not just been anything in terms of just transfer portal interest. They've already shown... Interest in Jalen Ganey, the forward transfer from Brown. They've shown interest in Jamaru Brown, a guard from Eastern Kentucky. They've still shown some interest in some 2022 guys to do Thero, obviously being the big name of those guys in terms of local interest. A guy from Quaker Valley who has really blown up as of recent weeks, and we'll see if he gets some Power 5, Power 6 offers coming in here soon. But offers from UC Santa Barbara, Duquesne recently just offered him. Pitts on him, Indiana's on him, Kentucky's even entered the fray recently, so lots going on there. But I think when we talk about this team, let's just look at the grand scheme of things first, because obviously there's nothing really, there's no reason to keep culping about Jeff Capel coming back, Jeff Capel leaving, or anything like that, because he is back. And so why would you do anything like that instead I think it's better to kind of look at this team and let's break it down just as the guys they have and let's see potentially who they could have on the market and who moreover they need to add I think that these conference championship games kind of showed some things especially the ACC but if you looked around college basketball all these different teams had really good point guards and that was something that really highlighted, I think, most of it for me, was that this team 
really needed a point guard, a guy that could change pace, a guy that could penetrate and drive and kick out, make some quick passes, be able to make things happen and create shots for others with their quickness, their passing ability, and their vision. That was something that you could see from this team that they were lacking. And they lacked that because they lost that with X. Xavier Johnson leaving, they never really properly replaced Xavier Johnson. And so, yes, they added a combo guard in Jamarius Burton, which they needed. They needed a combo guard. You know, they never really replaced Trey McGowan's either after that year. Now, you could say maybe Nike Sabande was that, but they could have used another combo guard regardless of that. So, here's the thing. This team needed that, but they now need a point guard. They still need to replace Xavier Johnson, and... You know, maybe Xavier Johnson isn't the typical point guard. Again, he's a little bit more reckless than you would usually view a point guard, a traditional point guard at the very least. He's a little bit more wild. He doesn't really shoot the ball all that well, but he creates. He's explosive. He's athletic. He does a really good job of finding guys and creating shots for them. So he is a traditional point guard. He's always top 50 in assist-to-turnover ratio. He's a guy that does exemplify a point guard. And so even in the modern day, that's a point guard, folks. So Pitt needs a guy, maybe not quite like Xavier Johnson, but someone that could be a little similar to him. And by that, there are a few guys that I point to right away that I think would fit perfectly in terms of models that they can use. Charlie Moore from Miami, Storm Murphy from Virginia Tech. These two guys were all over your screens over the past week or so as the ACC tournament was going on. Charlie Moore had a great year for the Hurricanes, really sprung them into the NCAA tournament. They are 10 sync now. Without him, they aren't there. They needed some type of spark. They needed some type of element that got them there. And he's the guy that got them there. You know, this was a guy that, quite honestly, was really fun to watch in terms of his ability to dribble and score, his ability to penetrate down the lane. You know, Charlie Moore is a veteran type of presence too, a calling presence. When everyone else is riding high or riding low, he's riding steady. So you take everything you need from Charlie Moore and you go with it because he's been really good for them. And this year had a really good year. Highest field goal percentage ever, highest three-point field goal percentage ever, shot 37% from beyond the arc. I mean, this was a guy that was consistently one of the best point guards in the ACC this year. So this is a guy that not only did that, he created steals. He was everything you wanted. Almost a two-to-one turnover ratio. That's exactly what you want. In fact, over a two-to-one turnover ratio. That's the type of guy you want. And Storm Murphy, very similar to the transfer from Wofford for Virginia Tech, did a lot of the same things. Was a big-time add to them. They don't win that game against Duke without Storm Murphy. He was the catalyst to their storm, <laughs> if you will. He was the catalyst to everything that they did. Without him, Hunter Couture doesn't find as many open shots. Their screen game really drove forward because of this guy. Now, they obviously, they have different pieces that they use that can help them create that. You know, Keve Aluma, of course, is someone that is dynamic. Couture was a sharpshooter. But Pitt has guys that can at least fill some roles like that, like an Ithiel Horton could be a Couture on the right day, right? Against UNC, very similar performance. So, you know, Couture was unbelievable in that game. But let's be real here. Ithiel Horton, when he gets hot, is a very dangerous player. He got hot that night. He got hot against Florida State. And so there are different types of modes that Pitt can go into. But the point guard's the number one 
thing. Get a Charlie Moore, get a Stormer. Obviously, you have to get a Ford or replace Mogi. That's going to have to be something that's big. That's not going to be easy either. I still say you need a 3 and a wing. Yes, you need big depth. Yes, you could probably use another guard if you really wanted to. But you really, really need a guy that can defend the wing, that can shoot from downtown. They need another three guy. Now, Burton can maybe be that guy, I think, eventually. Um, and I thought he kind of grew into that. You know, as maybe the third three-point shooter. You know, you have Ithia Horton. You you have Sabanda who can shoot the three. Jabari's Burton can shoot it when he wants to. But they need another guy. They need a three-and-day wing to really stretch that. And without Mogi, they're going to not have a guy that can go to the corner, catch and shoot three aside from Ithia Horton really at a consistent level. So they need another guy that can do that. And I think, you know, a depth big would help. But obviously the four, the guard, the point guard, and then the three-day wing, I think, are your top three needs. Only two open right now, but there's going to be turnover coming here throughout this offseason. We'll see who Pitt keeps. We'll see who Pitt loses, but they're definitely going to have a lot of turnover. And I want to talk about that. Who could they lose? Who could come back? We'll talk about that coming up. But first, let me let you know about Run Your Pools. March Madness is only a few days away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with runyourpool.com. Along with standard picks, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring and they offer more intel to make your picks all the stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. And folks, if you want to play against us for a shot at cash prize up to $1,800, join us at runyourpool.com slash lockdown. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash lockdown for your chance to win a cash prize up to $1,800. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Anyone take an upset team and now your brackets might be busted. I'm telling you right now, that could happen if you don't get it in order. But Stat Hero can have you everywhere because you can head your bets this year with Stat Hero's NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat Hero NCAA single game pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to take the advantage. Start focusing on the players and you know what's best with the gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lines you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. Folks, sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use the promo code for a 100% deposit matchup. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use the promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit matchup. Stathero.com slash lockdown. Promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast we are continuing to talk here a little bit about this team and and as they continue to turn things over here pit most certainly going to be looking at the portal to add to their team but more importantly they are going to be looking to really try and kind of dilute throughout uh this entire team what they want to do and what they kind of try and do as 
as I'm recording this breaking news, if you're a Steelers fan, they just signed Mitchell Trubisky to a two-year deal. So Steelers have their quarterback, but let's go back to pit basketball here at transfers and, and who they could lose and, and kind of what I'm hearing and, and who I think they could lose. Now, the big question is going to be John Hughley. And John Hughley's, obviously, the concern there is valid, right? Because this is a guy that is literally the backbone of their hopes. Without him, there's nowhere for them to go. And there's really nothing for this team to do. And so when I look at what the team has to do moving forward to keep him, keep going steady. They have a big end with them. They stuck by him through a tough time. Like, this is a guy that when you look at what this team is doing, if you don't have him, what's the point of literally keeping Jeff Cable? And obviously, you can't roll back on that now, but it is a question of why keep him at that point because he is your backbone. Now, I think he's going to test the draft more so than anything. And again, I think he'll come back after that. Uh, maybe he gets an offer in Europe, but now it's the age of NIL. You would hope you would be able to set up something through that to keep him, get him paid for a year, and at least keep him here. So this is something that is 100% going to kind of be the, the talk of the offseason, but you need him. You need him here. And so here's the thing. When you look at what they need to keep, they 100% need to keep him. I think they need to keep Jamaris Burton. He's their combo guard, kind of extraordinaire. And then you'd like them, them to keep Mike Sabani and Ethel Horton. I'd like to keep Femi Odukali, but the more and more I hear about that, the less and less I think it happens. We'll see. But I think there's a desire for him to maybe get out of this situation. Again, he's not a point guard. He's kind of been misused. He hasn't really seen his game develop. He's a bit of an older player already. He's already, I think, 20, going to be 21 here, and he's going to be a junior next year. He's already a sophomore. So he's he's kind of exhausting some eligibility, and he's not growing his game as much. And I don't think his role as a ball primary ball handler is where he best sees himself. I don't think that's where he's going to be. So he's a guy that needs to move off ball, develop a three-point jumper more so, work the two, three, and maybe the four, but more of a two, three type of guy that can be a pesky defender, that can drive through the lane, win with physicality, make mid-range jumpers, and at times work to the outside. It can be a wing. So you can be a bigger wing, an off-ball wing, a three and D type wing, guy that can work up to the two as a guard. He has the ball handling ability to do it. He has the penetrating ability to do it as well. Um, but, but he's going to have to be a guy there. And he doesn't read screens well enough to really be that main guy. So, yeah. There's a lot to kind of work around there. And here's the thing. I think that Pitt could easily lose him. I think that they could easily lose a guy like Daniel Ladapo, who transferred here, but he has that eligibility to grad transfer now. They could lose a guy like a Will Jeffress, who hasn't started off well, who's been off to a rocky start here at the beginning of his tenure in college. They could lose a guy like that. And I think that's very realistic to, to kind of expect a guy like Will Jeffers to go as well. So there, these are guys that could leave. I, I think, though, you're going to have at least four open scholarships, probably five or six. You know, there's always going to be some unexpected one. Maybe a guy like Nate Santos goes or, you know, maybe another guy like a Maxim Modison goes. I think a Modison makes a lot of sense to transfer down, hasn't played at all here during his tenure. Uh, you hope you can keep some of the young guys that maybe show some progress, like a guy like Noah Collier. You would like to keep Nate Santos. I think 
he just appeared a little too de deer in the eyes in the headlights, uh, rather, if you would, in his first season. But I think there were things at the beginning of the year you saw with Santos that were encouraging when he was on, and maybe he just had to grow into his identity more. And I think that's something that will have to kind of develop. But I, I think he's actually not a bad player. And I think he's pretty intriguing. And so here's the thing. When you look now at this entire team and you look at what they're going to need, they're going to need more than just a point guard, a 3 and D wing, and a power forward. That's what I'm saying right now. Those are the three immediate needs, but you're probably going to end up needing another wing that can defend the perimeter. So you're probably, you might need two wings. You would ideally get a backup big two for Hughley. Maybe you get a true center. That could be something push Hughley down to the four. So you're playing a big man's basketball type of game. There's a lot of different kind of lineups you can work through here. You can go a little smaller, which is what some teams may do, but you can also go bigger and get more physical. So there, there are options here. You can go get a center that you want. You can fill that four and keep Hughley at the five. You can also, though, kind of load up on wings. And I think that's something that maybe is more appealing. Get a point guard, get a four, and then say you have two or three scholarships left. Get a few wings, maybe a guy that can play two through four, a guy that is a true two, three. Load up on some wings, make your wings deep, and it gives you a lot of flexibility to move different lineups in along with some of these guards you have. It's not a bad idea, and you need another wing regardless. Regardless of who transfers, there's going to be at least one transfer out of this program. So you're going to have at least three. At the very least, the very least, you're going to have three. So if you have three open, you could use that to fill a void of a wing. And I think that's what Pitt's going to need to do. They're going to need to get some type of wing, ideally one, maybe even two. I think two wings would help this team a lot. I get they're going to be, if they get a point guard, they're going to be deep at the front court. But also, the wings are guys that are going to be able to defend that perimeter. They're going to be guys that are going to be able to three and D, shoot the 3 and D corner ball. They're going to be guys that can drive and maybe bang down low a little bit and replace some of the ability that Mo Gee left with his, with his length. Uh, they're going to need to replace rebounding of Mo Gee as well. So there's going to be a lot of different ways to do it. And I think tacking through getting some wings here, some quality wing play, you know, an Adi's Tony-like presence and maybe a guy that can replace some of those minutes Will Jeffers played, whether that is Jeffers himself taking a jump or someone else, I think it's going to be key for this team. They need more lineup variations that they can go through, and I think that's something that they're going to emphasize this offseason. All right, let's talk about James Conner's contract with the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to talk about that. Got a good deal. We will talk about that. But first, folks, it's that time of year again as college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to the Lock On Pit Podcast here as we continue to talk here a little bit about James Connor's contract because he got what is a really good deal here. 
And I think when you look at what this guy ended up getting, which is three years, 21 million, that's fantastic. This is really fantastic. And so I think that this is honestly a really good move for James Conner. I don't know. I'll say this. Paying running backs like that with 13.5 mil guaranteed, it's a risky business nowadays. If you're the Cardinals, I, I'm just saying it's a very risky proposition, especially for a guy like Connor who has been injured a lot throughout his career, who hasn't been as dependable necessarily. It can be a risky business, but this is a phenomenal deal. A phenomenal deal for James Conner. 13 and a half guaranteed. You could push that up to as much as 25 and a half million dollars. So you can get over eight, 8.3 um, a year if you really actually pan out all the way. There's a lot to this deal that works well for James Conner. And so if you're Conner, you got to be elated right now with what you got from this deal. This is fantastic. Fantastic for James Conner. He's earned it, man. We, Every Pitt fan knows this guy's journey, right? From the time he was on site as a freshman, moved from linebacker and defense to a running back, came on and just absolutely tore things up. Just an absolute talent, an absolute great person. Excuse me, folks. Just an absolute great person, though, from James Conner. Okay, sneezing fest is over. James Conner talked back. But as as I said, kind of a great person that you have in James Conner, a guy that really exemplifies everything you would want. And not just a football player, but a person who's persevered everything. This is a guy that dealt with cancer, overcame it, came back to the football field playing better, and has now churned himself out into a successful football player. I don't care what you do. That's a successful, a successful trip. That is 100% successful. And so when you look at everything that this guy has come through and has overcome, how about it? Just something that you love to see. It's something that you really embrace. And, And he's a guy that, now has gotten a lot of money. $13.5 is a lot of money, right? That's a lot of guaranteed money, and you can make it up to $25.5 million. With whatever type of market you have now, in terms of what this running back market brings and what you have, $21 million off the rip, $25.5 could grow to $13.5 million for running back. It's a really good contract for for James Conner. And this has really been a good fit for him too. You know, Cliff Kingsbury's offense kind of accentuates what he brings to the table. Doesn't just bring, you know, the running style. He does. He's a big bruising back that in an air raid system is kind of different from what the usual running back you would envision for in air raid. Now it's been NFL kind of eyes a little bit. It's a little bit more spread and it's not true air raid. And well, it is true air raid, I guess, in the sense, but it's not Mike Leach air raid. If you look at it, you know, it's not how mum air raid, if you kind of dive deeper. And so when, when I kind of 
I guess, encapsulate everything from what James Conner now fits into this offense is obviously the goal line opportunities are going to be there just like they were last year. He was a touchdown machine. He should continue to get plenty of opportunities down the red zone and get plenty of touchdowns. But also the receiving side of things, we didn't see it a lot until he really took over after Chase Edmonds got hurt. And so he's going to be a guy that's now going to get a lot of receiving work. And we know he's a solid receiver. We know he has soft hands. We know he has good route running ability. He's a mismatch in all these ways, and he's going to be a really good fit here for them. As long as Connor can stay healthy, I think this is a contract that can work out for both sides. And, and getting $13.5 million guaranteed off the rip as a ring back is great. The fit works well. You're with Kyler Murray, with DeAndre Hopkins, you're with Zach Ertz, you're with all these kind of different players that are talented around you. And in that air raid system under Cliff Kingsbury with Kyler Murray, you're the type of guy in James Connor who's got this multi-dimensional type of feel to him. Good vision, quick. He's faster than you think. He's obviously big and powerful. He's a great red zone back. He's got good hands. He's a good route runner. He does all these different things. And after all those injuries, only getting $2 million on the market last year, it had to feel a little bit down for him, and, and rightfully so, because he had had such a great year replacing Le'Veon Bell, and he had done such a good job doing that. And he had been so good in Pittsburgh up until he kind of hit that wall where he got hurt, kept getting hurt, even though he played well. He kept getting hurt, and then to come out and play like that in Arizona and cash in like this, big time stuff for James Conner. Feel good for for James Conner. He deserved it, had a great year last year, and I think this is a good fit for both sides. Again, more risky business for the Cardinals because paying a running back is risky business, period. But for James Conner, what a great contract for him, and and you got to feel good for where he's gotten from his journey to now. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow talking a little bit here on the Locked on Pit podcast. We'll talk about the receiver room, and we'll break that down here as Pitt Spring football kind of gets into action as they get back from spring break. They'll practice tomorrow. We will talk all about what goes on there and, and how this will break down. It's all coming up tomorrow on Locked on Pit, folks. As always, thanks for listening, and as always, hail to Pitt.